John. Hello. Uh, photographer. Yeah. Uh, living and working in uh, South Wales. Yes. And glad I'm not on camera today. <laughs> We're like twins. <laughs> yeah. uh, scarves. Yes. Spectacles. Yes. Um, uh, however, I digress. You, you're, you um, discovered a long lost photographer. And yes. the project became known as CB4C. Yeah. Um, tell me something about that. Um, it's a very long time ago now, and kind of... Well, it's ongoing on Facebook, but it's it's having a bit of a uh, sabbatical at the moment, that project. Um, I was doing up a, a art studio uh, in the Heath uh, about... Uh, I can't remember if it's four or five years ago now. Um, came across the, a photo, which was two mod guys in the mod revival of the late 70s. Um, an, an amazing photo. And then came across more and more. Put them aside while we got the place up and running. And then once, I'd, uh, once I realised what I'd got, that's when I went about doing the um, starting the project. Um, showed them to Photo Gallery firstly. Um, they had no interest in doing anything with them um, so I thought I will put some online they were then picked up um, by a guy that worked on the uh, Echo I think it was um, so they, they a couple went in the Echo and in the Western Mail I think I can't remember quite rightly or possibly just the Echo and that's how it all started and the photographer? who took uh, Keith S. Robertson yeah, so I, I knew his name from a sticker that was on the back of one of the pictures. Uh, to, to start off with, I didn't know his name at all, but after I'd put them all together and had a good look through, I, I managed to work out that, you know, firstly, it's all by the same guy. Secondly, it's Keith, it, his name is Keith S. Robertson. And then it was a process of trying to find out who he was. So the people that used to run, run the building various unpleasant things had happened to them so it, it wasn't a, um, a case that we could easily contact them to find out why Keith had disappeared so um, it, it was completely through the internet that the whole project kind of flourished uh, and continues to flourish on Facebook now uh, without the internet it would have just nothing would have happened and are you still in contact with the photographer? Yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him for a good while now, um, but um, he emails me every so often. He's quite a reclusive chap. Um, he lives in Panath with his partner. Um, he had a stroke about uh, six years ago, so he just he just doesn't like to be bothered particularly. But, um, yeah, so... Was it a seminal moment for you as photographically in the sense that you discovered uh, this uh, unknown photographer and uh, in what way did it spark your imagination? Um, yeah, I mean for me it was a pivotal point in my career really because up to that point um, even though I still am a commercial photographer and you know do PR and whatever um, if I have to <laughs> um, up to that point, I'd, I mean, I'd worked in a studio for four years doing purely commercial photography, which was just garage doors, TVs, washing machines, 
you know, the, the, the anything that came in through the doors, basically. Then I worked for four years in a nightclub, so doing completely as far away from a studio setup as I could get. Um, and that was a brilliant experience. Um, and then, so really, it came at a point where, without realising, I was looking for something new to do. Because I'd done, I mean, I'd done the wider spectrum of photography you can get really which is from um, very posed static objects that are lit within an inch of their lives to being in a nightclub reacting to real human beings and then you know trying to get a decent picture out of very drunk people uh, for them to pick up at the end of the night and all of that lifestyle that you get with that which is going to work at half past nine at night and coming back home at three or four o'clock in the morning so to do to start work in the studio and to have a base there was was a new thing obviously I didn't plan to find the, the pictures in there did you did you find the pictures and the negatives or were they did they come um, later? The, the negatives came later they were just in a drawer in those old-fashioned folders that you used to get like ring binders um, that you can't hardly buy anywhere anymore which is a bit annoying um they found later and they would they, they, they i found later in in a plastic bag in the drawer um which was i mean the the rooms of this studio if you can imagine were literally full to the door with rubbish so it's not like going in a room and then there's just a chair in there a table and you just open the drawer and the pictures are there you're talking about a room that you have to go piece by piece like something from my hoarder next door neighbor or something like that you know so it was a case of filling i think we filled four skips with stuff so it was a huge operation of man hours and um cb4 c became an exhibition yeah it became a book yeah that must have been quite exciting time. it was really exciting yeah i mean um it it, it finding keys work gave me the, the voice to pursue the type of photography that I wanted to pursue that I didn't feel for some reason ready to pursue before that which is um, and this was why I think photo gallery weren't interested and this is why I know photo gallery weren't interested in the work in the first place is because um, th that kind of work is denigrated now and it's seen as being overly kind of um, uh, what's the word um, sentimental um, and kind of you know it's not in colour it's black and white black and white seen as being old fashioned now um, but that discounts I, I, I don't understand how you can have a photographer like Ian Berry or Chris Killip or Don McCullen and they all work almost completely in black and white but then you can for some reason now if you work in black and white you're discounted as being old-fashioned. Did it change Keith's life at all, the original? Uh, yeah, it put him back in touch with his daughter because wow. um, he'd lost touch with one of his daughters, Nicola. Good gracious. Um, so that came about purely through the, the project because I put a picture up online of a baby in an incubator with a woman looking in and, um, and it turned out that was Keith's daughter, which is really quite something. Um, she just emailed me and said, oh, lovely photo, yeah, um, and I'm Keith's daughter. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, the whole experience was absolutely amazing. And obviously, Photo Gallery did me a massive favour by not being interested in the uh, 
in the stuff in the first place. Has any more stuff come to the surface, or has any more Keith's of Keith? Yeah. No. I mean, that was the the total of because he was chucked out of the building and he was told that the, the photography was destroyed, um, which obviously it wasn't. Um, so no, no, nothing more since then. Um, but, but the community has grown on Facebook. Oh, the community on Facebook is massive now. It's it, it's. I think it's got about six and a half thousand likes. So and that's grown. That's in the last four months. Um, firstly, I set up a, a personal profile, um, which was about 2010, 2011, maybe. I can't remember which now. Um, and then earlier this year, August, September time, I went to log in, couldn't log in. Someone has reported it as being a bogus account, even though it's obviously not a bogus account, just because it's called Cardiff before Cardiff, not right. a name. So <laughs> that was a massive palaver to get that reinstated, firstly, um, because there was so much information on all the pictures on there that I didn't want to lose that as an archive. Um, so it was just really frustrating that someone had done that um, out of spite. Um, I mean, that's the only... It's run for four years with no problems, and then suddenly Facebook have closed it down. Someone has reported that for some reason. Um, and I didn't want to lose, like I said, I didn't want to lose all the information that was on there. So, uh, what will you do? I mean, I mean, I presume you are a caretaker of these negatives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, will they eventually end up in an archive? Like, um, I think they. Sh I mean, that that end point I haven't really thought about yet. Um, I've been talking to Made in Cardiff, the new. Um, I want to say cable TV, but it's not cable TV. They want to do a six-episode series on the photos and the story. So that's really exciting, and that's something that I'm looking forward to right. doing next year. Yeah. But you are a discoverer of lost material. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, maybe you were, you were born to be a discoverer yeah. of lost material. Um, well, um, I mean, you've discovered stuff up in the Ronda as well. Yes, I think it's there's something in my nature that really enjoys rooting around, looking for stuff. Um, and as a kid, I always enjoyed car boot sales. And um, uh, as a family, we would go to like... Um, I remember we went to this, pl this place where my stepdad's um, mother um, was a servant in the early 20th century called Chastleton House in the Cotswolds, this is. And I remember me and him, we, it was overgrown and... I not derelict, but I think there was only an old woman living there at that point. We didn't go in, but we went into the grounds. And I re remember finding this Humber Imperial car in this garage that had collapsed on it. Um, and I always have these kind of... Find myself on these adventures where I kind of end up discovering something. And this was similar in Triorchy that I was just... I, I was up there for a, a social history project with the Park and Dare Theatre, which is across the road from the library. Um, went in to ask about pictures of the Park and Dare. The lady in there was quite rude and said that um, she was sick of people coming and asking her for photos of the Park and Dare because she didn't have any. So I tried to charm her and tried to, you know, spark a conversation. And then she said, oh, well, you might be interested in these. Um, we've got in the back room. So I went through and in there was like 10 boxes of negatives. 
Ten um, boxes. I'd it? say it was about ten. Yeah. Oh, what sort of film? Uh, one. Tw- it was all one twenty. I said very. F- well, well, I'd say it's ninety percent one twenty, and then the later pictures are thirty-five mil. Um, obviously, the guy has given up on one twenty and gone to the newer, even though it wasn't that new then, kind of camera system. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit nuts. So it took a while to get them out of there because they weren't doing anything with them, um, and yeah, that was. That quite works. astounding so to open the first box and then inside the large cardboard boxes were um, smaller like Kodak sheet film boxes and sheet paper boxes and inside those were the little um, like greaseproof paper packets for negs and then the top one was Enoch Powell Merthyr Tidville and that was the first thing I saw. So straight away I thought... Oh. So how many nags are we talking about? Tom? Well, I, I think there's 18,000 single frames. There must easily be. Good gracious, that will take you years yes. to scan those and yeah. to discover. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that project's ongoing at the moment because I'm filming a documentary with the BBC about that. Um, we've done two days shooting so far. Um, and I've got another day on Friday. Um, so it's been a bit kind of haphazard, the research. Um, yeah, <laughs> the research has been a bit nuts, but we, we're finding out. We, I mean, we've had to, it's a 30 minute documentary, so you've got to really zero in on what you want to um, show. So we've picked a handful of the most interesting frames. So we've got Enoch Powell. Um, we've found a picture of Tom Jones somewhere. I can't think it might be Astrid Manock with a lady who was a club singer who we managed to identify and find to interview. And we found the barman that served Enoch Powell. Um, we found, there's a picture, there's a, a picture from a year after the disaster in Aberfan of a little boy and a little girl on a tricycle. So we found the little boy who still lives in the same street. Um, we're going to do some stuff in Abercanid because uh, Petula Clark was there. Oh, and some, um, uh, what do they call them? They call them gambos, which is a word I don't know, uh, uh, yes, like uh, go-karts. Yes, indeed. Gambo, in yeah. the Gurnos. Oh, right. So we found one of the guys in the picture, Carl. So, so and your intention with this body well, of work? Well, it's to, I mean, there's going to be a book, which is kind of taking a back seat at the moment because the... the be, the documentary is so pressing now because it's got to be finished by the 30th of January, uh, ready to, to show, um, ready to broadcast. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I mean... And here comes your food, John. Hi, Heather. My personal service. Yes, please. Everything for John Hartley. <laughs> Many thanks. Well, look, we can share. Oh, it's okay, lovely. that's fine. It, it, it's a nice little... Bloody starving. It's a nice you break, want, isn't it? I w- I'd love some salt and pepper, yes, please, Heather. Yeah, if you. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I've got here um, scrambled egg on brioche. Uh, the food is very nice. Really good brioche. Was it? Yes. How are the eggs? Um, a little bit under seasoned for me, but I did have salt and pepper, so that's fine. But you did moan that you have, didn't have a drink. Yes. I would always prefer to have a drink with a meal. <laughs> no, as in, not a drink, just tea so or something. Tea or something. Yeah. 
You don't drink anyway, do you, John? Not really, no. No, you avoid not, the all alcohol. Not if I can help it. Yeah. Um, discovering the negs um, in uh, the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fantastic thing, really, um, to happen as a photographer. Oh, yeah. And to discover other people's work and uh, to find out what people are doing and shooting that year, sort of in the sort of late 60s, I guess. Yes. Yes. Um, and an imp- important important documents, and I guess really the, important. Yes, indeed, yeah. because it fills holes, doesn't it? Well, in people's understanding of the of that era, we're not sure now whether it's all just the work of one photographer, ah. and the photographer was David Thickens. I think it's more than likely that it is the work of all one photographer, because I don't know why he'd have other photographers work in his loft from. 40 years ago yes. why you'd bother to keep that yeah. um, I mean the, the, the production team think there's a possibility there's someone else involved because a lot of the um, neg packets have different handwriting on but I presume that he's shooting film and giving it to someone else to process in the lab in uh, yes wherever that's, the that's the, logical know, the papers thing. yeah that's the logic. I would have thought a press photographer then was out shooting a lot rather than processing a lot because... They had labs to yeah, do the work for them. they had people to do that, didn't they? Exactly so. Um, so How do you rate his work? Very highly. Um, it's very different to Keith um, in that he's more newsy, but that's obviously his job. Um, it's interesting, and I've got a shot... Um, I found a shot of his in the Merthyr Express... Um, and it's, and I've also got the negative frame of it. So it's Enoch Powell in the Merthyr Con Club with two other guys. And the crop in the paper is just like, just they've cropped it to death, basically. It's just three heads. Mm-hmm. Whereas the wider shot is much more cinematic and much more interesting than uh, what's in the paper and tells so much more of a story about the relationship between these three guys Yes, but that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. When you shoot press stuff, yeah, you know yeah, they're yeah. going to chop it a bit. Yeah, the and picture cut out editor is heads and... destroyed and basically burnt out a lot of the background as well, which is quite weird. So the background is um, uh, the wall of the Con Club um, with this horrible 60s flock patterned wallpaper. But it's absolutely um, just, I don't know the word, wick with damp. It just looks like it's decaying. <laughs> <laughs> and it look, it makes the building look derelict. So you just think, God, you know, some of these public spaces that you now you take for granted as being airy, cosy, homely spaces, in the 60s, they, they were really rough. And this does tell a big story about how rough Merth was in that period. But this leads me, really, um, your work, um, you've done um, uh, a whole body of work on the valleys. Yes. Um, uh, what was the attraction? I, I love the valleys. I love the topography. I love the architecture. I love the people. Um, it's just such a rich place to get into those. Did you have anything specific in mind when you decided that you wanted to do a, a series on the valleys? Or no. Body work on the valleys? I just wanted to explore the valleys for myself and see what I found and take pictures of it because I thought as an English photographer living in Cardiff, 
I needed to get out and see what these places look like. Do you say an English photographer living in Cardiff. Does an English photographer have a different outlook on or the way he perceives things other than, uh, I don't know, an American or a... I don't know, really. Um, I mean, as a photographer, I didn't want to ignore what was around me. And when I've been to the valleys, I've always loved... I just fa I find it such a fascinating place. It has a series of vistas that open out in front of you. But you're also a painter, John, aren't you? Yeah, well, not not so much now, but I, I started out painting, yeah. Right, OK. Do you... Have you ever thought about con yes. combining the two disciplines? I have, but I haven't found a way into it yet because I don't I would only ever do it in a way that I th thought was right and I haven't found that and what's the end product going to be for the Valleys project your Valleys project I have no idea exhibition maybe yeah M more than likely a website because um, I was I was going to do it as a book and then I just thought these days do a website make a nicely designed good functioning website so many more people are going to see it than see a book yeah. and I think that's probably what I'll do with it um, a book is a lovely thing and I will never stop wanting to do photo books as a photographer because I think the narrative you get through the pages is great and even if you sell five copies that's fine <laughs> but I think for the purposes of this project I think it's just as it's just as creditable if it goes online somewhere. Um, that kind of brings us neatly as to a way that uh, uh, what happens to photography in Wales and where it's shown, etc. Yes. Um, I, you uh, run a very successful photo fringe um, here in Cardiff, uh, which is an exciting project in itself. Yeah. Bringing, bringing young people and uh, photographers together. Yeah. Um, where do you... S how important is that to you and how important do you think it is in the great scheme of things photographically here in Wales? Ah, it's, it's really important to me, otherwise I wouldn't do it mm. um, because I go out of my time through that to help other people to get their work shown mm. and that's something that Becky and I have done here with Milgi with Art in the Warehouse, mm. which is how that started, which we thought that, you know, there were people that were making work that we saw that wasn't available to a wider public because there's no uh, there's no first rung on the ladder to show work in Cardiff um, unless you're in a clique or club of a certain kind of which there's many disparate ones that all kind of bitch about each other you're not going to be able to show your work and photo fringe is a similar thing unless you're a student in uh, Killian or less so in the atrium or much less so in the atrium, you're not going to get your, your work shown anywhere. So, I mean, photo galleries show uh, the work of those students. It seems to be just those students, so I don't know if there's some kind of deal between photo gallery and uh, University of South Wales, is it? Yes, it is. Um, I mean, obviously, because there's photography students in Howard Gardens, U uh, as UIC was, um, I'm not aware of any of those that went on to show in photo gallery at any point. Um, and there's nowhere else 
there is literally nowhere else to show. Um, there's G39, which is, that doesn't do photography at all. Um, there's third floor gallery, which does no, as far as I'm pretty much aware, of, almost never shown a Welsh photographer. I think they've had. Well, I think they've had. Years, well, they show them, but they're rare. Yes, uh, I mean that's that's what they do is is fine. It's completely up to them. It's their remit. If they want to show international photographers, yes. that's absolutely fine and good luck to them. And they do an amazing job. Yes. But it, it seems absolutely bizarre that if you're in Wales and you're a photographer, then unless you do it yourself. You can't show your work do you, do you think then, um, with the success of Photo Fringe, yeah. that there, there should be um, at least discussions about creating a gallery for photographers yes. in Cardiff? Yeah, um, from Wales. From Wales. Yes, but I, I can't see how that will happen. I mean, the opening night, we, we, we did a show recently in the Abacus. Um, Becky, mm. Becky curated... Um, Art Hotel yes, upstairs. Yes. Um, I did photo fringe yes, downstairs. The great. opening night we had over four hundred people in. Indeed, it was did. absolutely yeah. rammed, yeah. and it's uh, it was. I was really taken aback by the interest and the amount of people and the people there that I didn't know. Right. So in that respect, then, are you going to be holding these smaller um, yes. events continually throughout a year? Well, or? I started off thinking that it was going to be an annual thing, mm. and I think now that I'd probably try and make it. When I've got time, mm. uh, more regular, uh, a more regular thing, right. because I think it just makes sense. I mean, originally, I mean, as you know, it came about because firstly, diffusion was May last year. When I heard that was happening, firstly, it was a surprise. Then, when I saw the people that were involved, that was a surprise. Um, and I thought there has got to be some kind of answer to this where Welsh photographers are included and it doesn't have to be what just Welsh photographers because in the last photo fringe I showed yes. one guy was from Spain Jim Mortram's from Norfolk but what are you doing if you're not showing Welsh photography yeah. and it does that mean that all Welsh photography is shit <laughs> so I, I mean I just find it Bizarre. Well, you're, I think uh, one always needs an antidote to the establishment. Of course, anyway. yeah. Um, uh, and, and and that's a healthy yes. thing to have. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, it, yeah, and you need that that mm. discourse mm. Um, and the response to it as from the establishment uh, establishment has been absolute silence. <laughs> a just an echoing empty silence, which is very strange. Yeah, um, because um, I think they should. Uh, encourage um, yeah. a, a fringe events yeah. because uh, I'm amazed that they didn't have some hand in doing an official fringe and that wasn't part well, of it in the I mean, first place perhaps that would take the bite away from things uh, yes uh, uh, I, I guess John but you would think that that was something that they would look at because well, yes. if, if oh, I don't know I mean, there's so many festivals like this happen and not just photography festivals I mean look at the Edinburgh Fringe yeah that's that is bigger than whatever it is that the Edinburgh Festival is, isn't it? Yes, now? indeed. Um, so ne uh, so next year there will be another photo fringe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in yeah. running in conjunction with yeah the diffusion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Event. And I I don't have any problem with no. that happening. Exactly. Um, no. I don't know what the plans are for diffusion. I know the theme is looking for America. 
<laughs> Maybe they should be looking for whales. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. St- I've started to put together a body of work which I will probably call "Looking for America," because I just think, so what? Um, I've been buying. Um, I, I went onto eBay and I've been buying um, snapshots from the sixties and seventies from America. Right. And you can get some absolutely astounding stuff. Yes. Open casket funerals, amazing cars, these amazing vistas. Well, yeah, like, car, yeah, but cars is one of your. Uh, I, yeah, whether with the other. I do love cars, and I and this. I mean, some. I mean, I hate any car made in America after the mid eighties because they went really ugly. But fifties, sixties, seventies American cars look amazing, and it photographically, you know, there's a there's a. And in terms of pop art, there's a mm. whole timeline of art history that you're tapping into just by, you know. How, how important do you think, uh, you're talking about art and art history, Yeah. how important do you think, uh, and what is the link for you w- with art yeah. and photography? Now, there's always this argument about photography being art, etc. Et yeah, yeah, yeah. But w- there, there is must be a definite link between Art, yeah. art, what people would conventionally know yeah. as art, and photography. And wh- where do you see the link? Uh, um, it doesn't worry me if art is, if photography is art or not. I think anything that's a creative output, visually, sculpture, video, is art. So I'm not sure why photography wouldn't be seen as art. Um, I hate the phrase art photography, because you don't have art painting or art sculpture. Um um, I mean, I started off as a painter. I did art history uh, as a module in my BA. So I've got a good knowledge of art history. A lot of my work is influenced by art history and history of photography. Um, if you don't know history of photography, history of art, you've got to be a very gifted photographer to land feet first and take good photos you must pick up an influence from somewhere and composition is yeah composition is a is a learned thing yes um i read a really interesting book uh about david hockney um doing a lot of experiments with photography in the early 80s because his main problem with photography was that he didn't feel that there was a um you couldn't capture a a sense of time passing Mm in photography whereas you could with painting which I don't agree with for a start but it was a very interesting book and then that's when he started his combines which were the photo collages of Polaroid images yeah moving through a situation and 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 that book is really interesting and then it goes on to talk about the uh, the use of um, lenses with um, the Renaissance painters um, yes camera obscura stuff like that with um, and Vermeer and all these yeah guys yeah yeah. And, yeah and what's his name the um, not Canaletto Caravaggio, Caravaggio yeah. um, so that's uh, that's a super interesting book mm. and that, that's a collection of interviews um, with Hockney by this guy in America but that's um, all that stuff I suck up um, like a sponge mentioned lenses yes what sort of cameras do you use um god <laughs> I really use anything I can get my hands on and I don't mind I mean the the beauty of 21st century life is um, great cameras of the past are now pennies on eBay 
Pentax Spotmatics, Nikon Fs, I mean, they're still quite dear. Um, Leicas are obviously still too expensive. But you can pick up yesteryear's brilliant camera for uh, the camera I've got here in front of me. OM2 with a 50mm 1.4 lens, which I probably got for less than 100 quid, which in the early 80s, you know, not many people were using those. Litchfield, David Bailey had one, didn't he? And people like that. But they were super expensive cameras so I will pick and choose and because of the nature of my photography which is playing with ideas of uh, not being able to pinpoint a time with the photo um, I, I buy gear that I know will give a feel which will I can go out with that camera say put some Tri-X in it and get a picture the feel of which will be very similar to something that was on the cover of the enemy in 1980 because it's exactly the same equipment they were using and that is the kind of ideas that I like to play with so film still important to you then? yes very important yeah got to, I've got to work in darkroom um, I've shot less film in the last that, that's an absolute lie I was going to say I've shot less film in the last six months than I have done for a while and then I realised the project which I've just done that's in Barry Art Gallery, which is entirely shot on film, <laughs> which was um, using my grandfather's Voigtlander, which was given to him by an Italian prisoner of war, to... Um, I've been documenting the war memorials in the Vale. So um, that was shot entirely on film um, and, and, and printed. So that was... Do you have a favoured lens? Um, I do really like that 50mm on that. OM2. Um, if I'm using digital, um, on, I've got I've still only got a D90 because I haven't really superseded it for my own use. But when I'm using a D800 that I borrow, the 85mm 1.8D Nikon lens on there, I find hard to beat really for its feel. I've never seen the point of the 1.4 because I've tested them and. To my eyes, then the 1.4 isn't any faster, really. Um, so yeah, that's probably. But you're a collector of cameras, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I sold off a lot this year because they weren't getting used, and, and next year I'll probably buy them all back again. <laughs> yeah, I got a, an entire Spotmatic range, which was the um, two black bodies. A th oh God, what was it? 28 mil, 50 mil. 135, 2.5. Um, bought them all. They all they looked amazing. Didn't actually really enjoy using them very much. Um, so I sold them all again, which is a bit frustrating. But I use a Mamiya press quite a lot, um, which is 6x9. Uh, I've got a Yashica 6x6 I'd like to use a lot. Just anything really that suits how I feel that day about what kind of pictures I want to take um, and what kind I mean conceptually the stuff that I'm not doing for specific projects my own work if that's if I can define that as such is the work that I like to do which kind of confines confounds the idea of trying to find out when a picture was taken I like a photograph that t transcends uh, 2014 or so what do you make then of people who would use um, all sorts of 
fancy um, plugins, etc. Yes. with Photoshop. Do you approve or disapprove? Um, I don't know if I have an opinion on it, really. I mean, I, I don't see it as cheating, but I am not a fan of... I mean, I will only really do with a computer what I could do in a darkroom, which is increase the contrast, change the exposure, or get the exposure right, and turn something into black and white. I mean, I started out... I, when I started photography, I wanted to be Nick Knight, did a lot of fashion and mm. products, product stuff that was very Photoshop heavy, and then kind of rediscovered... Uh, rediscovered a love for Don McCullen and Ian Berry and because when when you don't have those books around you you kind of forget them because I went to college all those books were there then you leave you go to work in a studio and the books are, that are there are like um, what's his name the guy with one eye Elgort is it I don't know his book is called Cyclops that sounds interesting but I've never seen the he's book. a photographer with one eye I can't think of his bloody name not Arthur Elgort but I guess it's only super one eye you polished, need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super polished, super high-end. Right. Like Herbert, Nick Knight. Albert Watson. Um, Albert Watson. And then, but then I um, bought an FM2. And um, my friend said to me, oh, that's, uh, that's like the kind of thing that uh, Don McCullin took to Vietnam. And I thought, bloody hell, Don McCullin. I haven't looked at his work for four or five years. Went and bought the book in Waterstones, yes. and it changed, changed changed my course completely. And if, I, if you were, it, it, is there any era of photography mm. that you f- would feel comfortable in? Uh, if you could sort of sixty-five to seventy-five. <laughs> okay. Yes, just that things look more interesting. Cars are more interesting shapes. Do you uh, do you think that's the case, or are we? Do we tend to because we we? Um, I, I mean, I was brought up in the mm. late fifties, early sixties, mm. so kind of mm. I have memories of that yeah. era, and I have some pictures that I took with on yeah. little Instamatic when yeah, I yeah, was yeah. eight years old and stuff, um, and I still have those. Uh, the great thrill for me in those days was you would send your film, and I did. All, it was all transparencies. For yeah, somebody. yeah, yeah. So I would send my film away, and I would wait. It would take a week for it to come back, and it would come back in that yes. yellow box. Yeah, you know, and it was a great, great thrill. Yeah. Um, so I suppose, yeah, I'd like to go back and photograph that era yes. again because there were interesting people around. But you know, when you, th- I kind of. I've reached a stage now where I can walk up and down these streets, City Road oh, yeah. and, and Cruise Road, and still find it fascinating. Oh yeah, and absolutely. In, and in forty years' time, that stuff. Yes. Well, know. that's. I mean, that's that's the problem. I was trying to put my finger on with Keith's work because I would use a similar camera. Well, it's the same focal lens. Mm. He used the Leica with thirty-five, fifty, and a ninety mil. I think. Yes. I used a Nick the FM two with. 35, 50, and an 85. Um, I used the same film that he used. I used the same paper that he used. But there was something intangible in his pictures that still made them look old. And that's that's what I would like to find out, is if I could take pictures in 1965, 75, 
without knowing that I was doing it, would the pictures have the look that Keith has somehow got in his... It, that, that, it's that, that intangible thing. Yes, it is intangible. You're quite... You're, and it's down to the hairstyles, the cut of the clothes, yeah, and the, yeah. the, the, you know, the end of the car that's coming into shot, shot that's, you know, not just a modern blob that's just like, you know, just designed for aerodynamic efficiency, a car that's actually got a style to it. Um, and it's all those things that interest me. Future? Any plans? Um, well, we, we've got to do the um, BBC thing for by the 30th of January, like I mentioned. So that will be on TV probably by March or April, mm. I would have thought. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. Um, um, I'm waiting to hear if I'm doing a big project in Llanrumney and Cairo with the Cardiff story. I've got an interview about that tomorrow. So by the time people hear this, it probably, I will definitely know by then. Um, so I'm quite excited about that because that's to do with um, two big council estates. And what I want to do is about people being pulled out of terrorist communities, yes. plonked in a council house. Yeah, and that's an interesting place. Yeah. And then told, make the best of it. You've got no shops, no school, yeah. or you've got a massive school. Um, you've got no church, no pub. Um, you don't know any of your neighbours anymore. So that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm looking forward to doing and, something with that. Uh, um, and specifically with people then? Yes. And people in a place? Go and interview. I'm hoping to go and interview people, make some moving image stuff, interviews. And um, I want to do something. I want to do some filmmaking that's maybe just set, you know, bringing in a Cortina or something, having a guy there that's just kind of washing his car or something and filming it as, and then having it as a kind of something that provokes conversation. So would we be shooting that on film or on video? A bit of Super 8 there? Well, the, t the temptation is Super 8, and I've got a really nice Leica Super 8 camera. Um, if for ease, I'll probably do it on the D800 because it's so easy to do. And it looks so nice because the Nikon lenses on that just... For filmmaking just yeah and fantastic. working with depth of field and oh things, yeah right? yeah um the 85 and i've got a 182.8 yeah. which just makes everything look so cinematic you can't just it just blows me away that that technology is available it's so exciting that you can like wow like the stuff i've had in my head since i was in college doing stuff on beta cam and that's svhs <laughs> now you can actually f film something that looks like you want it to look rather than have to film everything at the wrong end of the zoom all the time to try and get some depth of field into it. Um, and then the other thing is the um, Cardiff made stuff. So hopefully there'll be a, a six part documentary there, 23 minutes episode, six 23 minutes. So that would be really cool. That would be cool. I yeah. look forward to seeing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm... I'm genuinely excited about doing something that's a bit more off the wall because it's on Cardiff made I think it can be a bit more loose than the BBC one which is so will you be directing writing well, performing in probably that? directing and writing it because it's they've got no budget they've got no crew so it's a case of they desperately need uh, material yeah um, so it's something that I could almost make myself on a D800, give it to them to edit, and it's happy days. They're um, lovely people down there as well. 
that's something I think that, that if we can get that to happen would be really good fun and might be useful for um, the photo fringe oh yeah as yeah a way yes. of, um, of showing stuff yeah. that's happening in Cardiff that, I mean that, that they've already interviewed me for um, Maiden Roth was on there yes. and I was on the Maiden Roth show because yes. no one else wanted to do it <laughs> so I was talking about Maiden Roth just making stuff up saying oh yeah it's you know there's loads of different <laughs> venues and um, so yeah that was good um, yeah so that's I mean I say that's it that's quite a lot to be getting on with really indeed um, but uh, yeah no it's it's next year looks really exciting so um, good stuff yeah I can't wait to get Christmas and New Year out of the way John are you seeing anybody young coming through I mean you're more, you're more in touch with the zeitgeist than I am because of age difference um, are you seeing people coming through I can't say that I am <laughs> There's a girl I know, Lauren Allen, who's in the course that I think we've both done talks to them oh, in right, the okay. um, atrium. She does some very good observational street stuff, and it's she's got a, an eye for composition. Um, otherwise, I think I think you you probably if you're up and coming, you're in the. Uh, uh, USW course in Killeen aren't you which is I don't know I don't know how I feel about that course because I think they, it, it's almost like a production line of very similar photographers yes um, and obviously they are they're all dealing in very similar subject matter but it all seems to be uh, and we've had this conversation so many times and photography has had this conversation so many times it's people stood in the middle of a square frame. It's ginger children. It's uh, a car park. It's a car park. It's a man sat on the end of his bed looking miserable. Uh, it's stuff on large format cameras for no apparent reason. Um, I do hope there's more kids coming through somewhere. And to use a, a phrase that will make me sound really old-fashioned, but it, I don't mean it to sound old-fashioned, that I have more of a... a punkish aesthetic to their work so in that I want to see a William Klein I want to yeah. see someone like that I don't want to see 10 million um, people all doing really similar work so in that respect then photo fringes could be an important catalyst I hope so yeah because I don't mind if the stuff is taken on a phone if it's taken I don't care what it's taken on as long as people are taking photos yeah as long as people are taking pictures of something and that is about their lives and that's with their voice because that's what I think when I look at a lot of the stuff that comes from um, Killian technically you're getting some masterful stuff beautiful stuff but it all looks the same to me and And I find that and I I do find that worrying and but it's like I remember when I went to um, when I went for my interviews to get into university, and we're talking 1996, so it was the the, the high point of um, uh, like new British art and the uh, um, YBAs and all this. Um, and I <laughs> stupidly went with a load of paintings to Goldsmith, and I got an interview, but they showed me around all the studios, and it was all just pickled cats, and it was it was basically just copying what the zeitgeist was, mm. and. 
I would worry if that was what was all that was coming out of university. You know, they might they might all be great photographers that are then going on to work very nicely in Sunday Times magazine, Observer, Independent, blah blah blah, and that's fine. But where are the kind of um, ones yes. that break the mould slightly? And maybe uh, one of the reasons why people st uh, don't stay in Wales as photographers is because there are very little outlets. There's no outlets. There's absolutely none. Oh, I just kicked the mic. That was a terrible faux pas. But, but, but the, you know, there's... Uh, there's nothing. There's no media. I mean, there's media, but it, it's, it's got no appetite for decent photography. Or and media I've, that doesn't want to pay you. And yeah, yeah, just yeah. Free. I mean, I find it absolutely... Um, it's infuriating that the Western Mail, Media Wales, they have no interest in... Um, I'm not going to slag off the photographers that work there, but it would be nice to see something of a quality comparable. And I'm talking about the editorial in terms of the writing as well now. Mm. You don't see anything that's Sunday Times, Observer... It, no, it's just one voice. It is one voice, yes. um, and they tend to be standard PR. Yeah, shots, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that's used is just something that's sent out with a press pack. Yes. Or, I mean, where's the journalism? Where's the where's the journalistic stories about poverty in Merthyr or motorbike racing in some dirt track somewhere, or you know, stuff that's. Uh, but in a way, you see, because. And I'm with you 100% this year because we are kind of stuck, not stuck, but because we admire the work that was done in the 60s and the 70s yeah. and those kind of photographers, which were given, who were given time and the yeah. opportunity to do the, that yeah. sort of work. Yeah. Um, today, because of the fast nature of the media, yeah. they don't have the time or the energy or the inclination, no. it seems, no. to want to do that sort of work. To, to produce a quality product. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no cultural magazine. I mean, the best kind of listings magazine you've got is Buzz, yes. who don't pay, and no. so I mean, it's it's quite depressing. Yeah, for a nation, for a country, a nation, there is no. I mean, it's more like it's almost like America in that there's no integrated national media. Yes. There's just little odds and sods around the coast almost there's almost nothing in the middle yeah. um, Cardiff media kind of plays at being a big boy but it's not not at all no no um, uh, it's an interesting area to discuss really yeah and, and I think um, maybe with what we are intending to do with yeah. creating this kind of hub yeah. and linking people together yeah. might be you know might create interest because we, yeah. uh, we, uh, we want to uh, um, we want to talk to young photographers yeah there's no harm in it at all and see no. where they're coming from no you know? exactly um, and whether because it was quite interesting going to the one you uh, the arcade one you did not the arcade one the the last exhibition where you had the bands and everything down in uh, on Wood Street there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really it was really an interesting way and you see yeah. the zines that are people are creating yeah. and it's fab, you know. There is stuff out there but it yeah. doesn't get picked up by No. It doesn't go further than that because there's no interest in the media. No. Because the media is so um inwardly looking on itself yes. and everything's got to have a Welsh angle. Yes. Um, it's got to be, you know, the best pumpkin in Wales or the best 
toadstool in Wales or the best cat in Wales or Catherine Zeta-Jones's breakfast or yeah. it's like oh, come on we can do better than this as a country yes indeed not everything uh, is self it has to be self-referential does it excellent yes I enjoyed that conversation good. very much John good I'm glad superb